What's up, guys, and welcome to the We Believe Golden State Warriors basketball podcast, a sports ethos presentation. I'm your host, Sam Orlick. Hey, listeners, please take take a moment to follow at ethosfantasybk on Twitter, the single most dominant basketball and fantasy news feed on Earth. Get all your NBA news in one handy Twitter feed. It's faster than the competition and provides more analysis, too. Again, that's at ethosfantasybk on Twitter. Follow now. What's up, guys? Today is Saturday, April 2nd. Um, checking in here. Warriors coming off of a loss at home against the Phoenix Suns. We're going to be talking more about that. We've got some Steph Curry injury updates to get into. And finally, um, only five games left in the regular season. We got a back-to-back starting tonight, home against the Utah Jazz followed by tomorrow at Sacramento, and then finish up the season with the Lakers on Thursday, and then another Saturday-Sunday back-to-back San Antonio and New Orleans. So let's get right into it. So we got a Steph Curry update. We're just going to start with that. Um, Steph Curry was reevaluated, and basically the update wasn't really good or bad um there was potentially a very small chance that curry could return for a game or two to close out the regular season uh he won't but he still is on track to be ready to go for the postseason the playoffs and um basically you know this this is a good update right Um, mild foot sprains can typically take around three or four weeks to get back on the court he is now cleared to progress with on-court activities which is basically the important part right he's he's able to get back on the floor um not in game situation but at least um, on practicing and furthering his rehab um and just continue to prepare and get ready for the postseason so there isn't really anything to get to be worried about or to read into this is just a positive step in the right direction for curry's return to the floor which the warriors are desperately needing um since steph curry went down the warriors uh have only won one game and that was against the miami heat uh if you remember steph curry originally injured his foot on Wednesday, March 16th against the Boston Celtics. This was a, um, in no way dirty play, just kind of like a hustle play. And this is just what happens in the game of basketball. Two guys going for the ball, Marcus Smart, Steph Curry, uh, Smart dove for the ball and more or less collided or landed on, uh, Steph Curry's foot. And so coming up on about, two weeks from that injury and you know the Warriors have struggled as you'd as you'd expect so again the only win so far without Steph Curry was against the Miami Heat this was the improbable win where the Warriors were resting pretty much all their starters other than Kevon Looney no Clay Thompson no Draymond Green no Otto Porter it's a laundry list of guys who are out the Warrior smalls or uh youngins whatever you want to call them just really played their hearts out against a more or less full miami heat team they were just missing tyler hero 
um, and had a very decisive 14-point win. Um, since that time, though, or, or excluding that time, the Warriors have dropped seven games, including um, a bad loss against the Washington Wizards, the Atlanta Hawks, the Orlando Magic, the San Antonio Spurs. So Warriors have been struggling, and we've been concerned, rightfully so. Obviously, with the foundation or trio of Curry, Clay, and Draymond, and then you sprinkle in Kevon Looney, Andre Iguodala, and then all of the new faces to this team who are, you know, uh, at least on paper or in theory supposed to provide a big boost for this team with the likes of like Otto Porter, Bielitsa, Gary Payton, and then uh, of course, obviously, the sensational play of Jordan Poole, who I think is is the clear runaway winner for most improved on the season, and then the rookies, Kaminga and Moody. So you've got this core, you've got these additional pieces, and then you've got these very tantalizing young assets. And so, you know, the thought is that, well, and and this kind of gets repeated a lot, but Steph, Clay, and Draymond have only been on the court together this season, or even in the last two and a half years, for 11 minutes. And so, man, you, uh, you know, first thought is you'd love to get those guys some more uh, floor time, but obviously injuries, and, and that's just how the season went, that, that wasn't really possible. So we haven't seen what a healthy Warriors squad can really do. Uh, and forget James Wiseman, we're not even going to really introduce him into part of this scenario because he's out for the season um and then you look at the warriors record even with that caveat and they're currently sitting um in third place so the dallas mavericks lost so the warriors moved back up to third for the time being um you know so half a game above the mavericks holding on to that third seed again we talked at the, at the top of the podcast, Warriors got the Utah Jazz tonight. This is a 5.30 p.m. game, followed by the Kings tomorrow, and then Lakers, Spurs, and Pelicans. So there are for sure a lot of winnable games left here of the five. This Utah game is huge, though, because the Utah Jazz currently sit in fifth, uh, 46 and 31. So if the Warriors continue to lose out again we touched on this on the last pod earlier in the week um they could find themselves dropping to five six seven uh i mean you've got again warriors sitting at 48 and 29 with game tonight dallas at 48 and 30 utah at 46 and 31 and denver at 46 and 32 so probably not the sixth seed for the warriors but it's not out of the question with the way that they've been playing all right that's a look at the conference standings and where the Warriors might fall. Let's get into this game against the Phoenix Suns. At home versus the Suns. Uh, Suns were missing. Cam Johnson, uh, among a few other kind of fringe rotation players. Warriors missing Steph Curry. Um, Wiseman, but otherwise relatively healthy. And this game had the feel of a playoff game from tip-off. First of all, you had Steve Kerr reinserting Draymond Green into the starting lineup, or Kevon Looney, however you want to spin it. He'd kind of been tinkering with those two. 
So we had a starting lineup of Pool Clay, Wiggins, Draymond, Looney. And it was a slugfest that was low scoring at the start. It was a lot of sloppiness, a lot of defensive intensity, um, a lot of hard fouls. And very much you can see off of the way that Steve Kerr was managing rotations that this was our first glimpse into what a playoff game might look like for the Warriors. Jonathan Kamingo only played five minutes. And you saw Otto Porter get almost 29 minutes. Bielitsa played almost 20 minutes. Iggy played 15 minutes. Peyton, 20 minutes off the bench. Looney only had 15 minutes. I I still believe they're continuing to play Looney, to let him play in every game this season, because that would be an incredible achievement for him. But it does feel like in the last few weeks, Looney's play has kind of dropped off. He has kind of been hiding a little bit and not getting significant minutes to really make an impact, kind of quasi-resting him while still giving him a little bit of court time. So this was primarily lineups with Poole, Thompson, Wiggins, Green, and then some combination of Porter, Peyton, Bielitsa with Iggy sprinkled in there as well. For the Warriors... Nobody in the starting lineup other than Jordan Poole finished with a net plus minus. Jordan Poole was plus two. Draymond Green was minus 10. However, Draymond Green on triple-double watch with 10 rebounds, seven assists, two steals, and three blocks, four turnovers and eight points, four of five from the free throw line, did not attempt a three, two of four for the field. This was the first real Draymond Green game we've gotten since he's returned from his injury. Um, the two steals, four blocks, 10 rebounds, seven assists is just quintessential Draymond. He had his patented um, closeout blocks on several possessions. DeAndre Ayton was held to a measly 7 of 17, uh, 2 of 2 from the line, and 16 points. So Ayton was... 16 rebounds, 16 points, double-double, but the efficiency, 7 of 17, and 5 turnovers. There were many possessions where Phoenix really looked for him to force-feed him, and the Warriors doubled and were able to get him to turn it over or miss some pretty point-blank shots, some pretty close point-blank shots. So Draymond, really great to see him back and be that kind of emotional leader. You saw him get into it with Drake with Jay Crowder. They both got uh, teed up at one point in the game. It almost looked like Draymond was going to get thrown out yet again, but the officials did a fairly decent job of letting that situation diffuse itself. Hey guys, so real quick, we have a brand new daily fantasy partner at Sports Ethos, Thrive Fantasy. Prop up with Thrive Fantasy on their mobile app or at thrivefantasy.com. Use code ETHOS when you sign up to get a 100% deposit match bonus on your first deposit up to 100 bucks, plus either two or four free game tickets to play. Pick player props on the biggest names playing every night. Score points when your props hit, and the players with the most points win a share of the nightly prize money. And check out our Sports Ethos DFS team or podcast for advice on winners. Again, that code is ETHOS over at thrivefantasy.com. So, again, Draymond Green back in action. He looked really good. The defense as a team looked very good, much better this game than it had been as of late. Uh, The Warriors as a team threw out some stats here. 
20 of 25 from the free throw line. That was good. 13 of 38 from three. That was not ideal. 83, 35 for 83 from the field. That also was not ideal. But then you look at the Suns, 38 of 39, basically shooting the same percentage on 10 more attempts. Uh, 7 of 28 from 3, even worse from 3, 24 for 30 from the line. Um, 21 turnovers for the Warriors compared to 14 for the Suns. So, um, you know, four of those were Draymond. Uh, Thompson and Wiggins each had three. Bielitsa and Iggy each had three. <laughs> this was, you know, the defense showed up and Draymond showed up, but then the turnovers came back too. And so... We'd been talking a little bit over the last few weeks. The Warriors have been struggling, but the turnovers had kind of been kept in check. This was definitely not a good showing for the Warriors in the turnover department, especially in a game where both teams really struggled to score, and it came down to four points. Uh, you got to think that those seven extra possessions could have led to a different result at the end of the game had they been able to take care of the ball. So... Yeah, overall, I felt like this was a very good game and bounce back performance for the Warriors. You could see that they were really locked in, um, doing their best to execute on both sides. Jordan Poole, man, 38 points, 11 of 22 from the field, 7 of 15 from three, 9 of 10 from the foul line, nearly had a triple-double in his own right, 9 rebounds, 7 assists, a steal, 2 turnovers. He was only plus 2 in those 38 minutes, though. Uh, or sorry, those 36 minutes and 38 points. Uh, Clay Thompson, 5 of 21 from the field, 1 of 10 from 3, 4 assists, 3 turnovers, not a great number. Andrew Wiggins, 6 of 16 from the field, 2 of 6 from 3, 5 of 8 from the line, 8 rebounds and assists, 3 turnovers and a block, 19 points. So you basically had Poole go for 40, Thompson 13, Wiggins go for 20, Peyton get 10. And then Draymond had eight. So not really balanced scoring. You got four guys in double figures, which is okay. Um, Poole and Wiggins continuing to carry the offense. But man, the fact that this was a four-point game with 21 turnovers and Clay Thompson only hit one three on 10 attempts, shooting 20-plus shots and had more turnovers, or I'm sorry, had almost as many turnovers as assists, that's not a good stat line against the best team in the NBA record-wise in the regular season. And yet, you still found yourselves with a chance to win at the end of the game. Andrew Wiggins, um, I like to see what he's doing. The defensive intensity remains. Uh, eight rebounds is really good for him. Continuing to be aggressive. The three ball not quite dropping as efficiently as it was for him earlier in the season. Free throws. 5 of 8, I'll take that. It's not great. Could be a lot better, but could be a lot worse. But man, I do think we need to talk a little bit more about Clay Thompson. Kerr had some comments about Clay Thompson after the game. Uh, more or less talking about his struggles. And the quote was, 100% he's forcing it. He knows it. And we've talked about it. He just has to stay with it, stay poised, and stay connected. So this isn't the first Steve Kerr quote we've gotten along the lines of, basically acknowledging that Clay Thompson is forcing it. Um, they continue to talk about it, and Clay Thompson continues to do the same thing. And so for me, you know, because Clay's come out multiple times and said, hey, I'm a shooter, I'm going to keep shooting. I'm not going to stop shooting. 
and that i don't have a problem with i guess the shot selection could obviously better could obviously be better one of 10 from three the three pointers that clay thompson takes are typically okay shots it's the twos that he takes that really get me sometimes the step back fadeaway twos um the the three turnovers isn't great for a guy who really should just be your play finisher especially when you have jordan Poole cooking like that and you basically have just for a point of reference you know jordan Poole took one more shot than clay thompson and yet had almost triple the amount of points that he did in um basically just three more minutes of play and so yeah sure Poole hit six more threes than thompson on five more attempts seven of 15 versus one of 10 and then nine of 10 from the foul line versus two of two and so I do really like the starters getting all of those free throw attempts. Um, actually, interesting. interestingly enough, nobody off the bench uh, shot a free throw. And so, you know, 20 out of 25 free throw shooting from your starters. I think I'd take that um, on any given night. Jordan Poole is just in an otherworldly place right now. You know that the Phoenix Suns are one of the better defensive teams and they were locked in on him and yet he still continued to find ways to score and be effective and defend. Um, he's just really playing at a high level. But back to Clay Thompson, you know, you we know that this is going to be a process. We probably would have liked to see him be further along at this point than he is. It is great that he continues to get out there for 30-plus minutes a night. Um, He does look good as far as the body and the movement and everything. He doesn't look sluggish. He doesn't look like he's favoring anything or he's worried about um, getting himself re-injured. It's really just getting back into the flow and trusting trusting his work and also having more patience, right? Steve Kerr mentioning he's forcing it. There are a lot of plays where Thompson touches the ball And that's it. The ball's not going anywhere else. And so, you know, pre-injury Clay Thompson, more or less, those plays would end in a made bucket because that's what we had kind of grown to expect with Thompson. I think at this point, he needs to have a little bit more patience. He needs to recognize when other guys are cooking and when it's a good time to give up the ball and, you know, relocate and get it back. Just like we see with Steph Curry and Jordan Poole, these guys aren't worried about getting their shots um, getting their points because they know that it's going to come within the offense. And so I'd like to see Clay Thompson be able to make that adjustment. We've been talking about this over the last few weeks. You know, you're going to have games in this postseason run where Thompson needs to be the guy to take those tough shots at the end of the shot clock or at those difficult points of the stretches of the game where it just seems like nobody can score. And so, you know, it's not that I don't want him taking 20 shots, but five of 21 and three turnovers and one of 10 from three, that's just brutal with only two free throw attempts. So this does continue to be a challenge for the Warriors, but I guess to take a step back from all of that, it is still Clay Thompson. We did know this was going to be a process. He does still have my kind of trust to an extent. I would like to see what all of this looks like with Steph Curry in the lineup. Obviously, if you've got Curry, Thompson, Green, and Poole, and I don't think you're going to see a situation where Poole, Thompson, Wiggins, and Steph are all taking, you know, 15 plus shots. So maybe that this kind of naturally works itself out when you get Steph Curry back, if Jordan Poole continues to cook. Maybe Clay Thompson's um, field goal attempts hover more in the teens than the high teens or 20s because 
if Curry and Poole are going off, then you don't need Thompson to, to take 20 shots, right? Um, he can be more of a decoy. And so I just would like to see Thompson affect the game in other ways. Um, screening, rolling, backdoor cuts, just just continue to do what you do and keep on working on your game, but mix it up a little bit. Don't be so one-dimensional. Don't continue to hunt shots as much um, or do because he's thinking, you know, I want to take these shots in the postseason and, you know, we're, we're going to continue to lose games because of it. So, um, again, I'm not really there for the conversations that Steve Kerr is having with Thompson, but that, he, you know, Kerr is acknowledging he's forcing it. He is acknowledging that this isn't ideal um, Clay Thompson that they'd like to see on the floor right now. But the silver lining, again, he is healthy. He is going to be taking tough shots in the playoffs. We will need him to take tough shots in the playoffs. It's just not going the way that we'd like it to go. And it is more or less, you know, ultimately resulting in a few more losses uh, in the loss column for the Warriors as they're fighting for playoff seeding. Which, again, we've talked about doesn't you know, in the end, really matter too much if the Warriors finish three, four, or five. Um, so, yeah, I think I don't want to dive too deep into that because I do think you could sit here and, and dissect all of that. And at the end, it doesn't really matter because this team isn't going to go anywhere without Steph Curry. So, Steve Curry acknowledges it. They're continuing to work on it. He's got a few more weeks before the playoffs, and we'll continue to track and see what happens with that. For me, I think the big thing about this Phoenix Suns game is that the Warriors defense really showed up, right? We'd been talking about this after losing to the Hawks and to the Wizards and the Grizzlies since the Miami win. The defense had really dropped off precipitously. And so the concern was not so much with the offense missing Steph Curry that we all know the offense is going to struggle without Steph Curry, but that we have the pieces to have highly efficient and effective defense. We've been this top-rated defensive team for most of the season, and then just in the last month or two, it's just significant drop-off. And so now you play this this uh, Phoenix Suns team that's just been rolling, steamrolling teams all season, best record in the league right now, um, and you come out with some really strong defense. Holding Phoenix to 107 um, was was quite a feat and so for me that was really what I took away from that game sure you know at the end of that Phoenix game there were some questionable calls some free throws awarded to Booker you had Jordan Poole take that half court three-pointer at the end of the game where he thought he was going to get fouled I didn't have a problem with that by the way I thought that was um you know he didn't execute it a hundred percent but I thought that, you know, it did show that Jordan Poole is thinking about the game. He is a high IQ guy. He can understand the situations and and kind of adjust as needed. Um, but I thought that for the Warriors team that did shoot so poorly, that did have so many turnovers, that did get so few points from Klay Thompson against such a really good Phoenix Suns team, the defense didn't waver. They stay locked in. Um, for the rotation, for the guys that played, you did get a taste of what it's going to be in the playoffs. You saw Otto Porter play really well. Gary Payton was a menace defensively. He had a lot to offer. Jordan Poole thriving on the biggest stage. So all of those things were checks for me. So whatever kind of concerns that I was feeling personally in this little stretch of, um, you know, the one win against Miami and 
the six or seven losses that that we've had in the meantime since Curry went down. Um, those concerns are alleviated. I feel confident about this team. They need to go out and get a few wins to close out the regular season just to really kind of reinforce that a little bit more and prove that it wasn't just really like a one-off getting up for a Phoenix Suns team. I think taking care of the Utah Jazz tonight would be a really good step in the right direction. So if the Warriors can kind of close this five-game stretch over 500, uh, like on a 4-1 and one or even 5-0, and oh, I think that would be a big plus. If they go... You know, three and two, I think that's okay. If they end up going like one and four or one and five, you know, drop the rest of these games, um, that's just not going to leave a good taste in everyone's mouth. But again, the big thing for me is the defense did show up against the Suns. So I'd like to at least at a minimum see that continue. And yeah, I think we're at a very interesting point in the season. Um, kind of the silly season, as they called it. You have the Memphis Grizzlies resting uh, pretty much all of their starters beat a healthy Phoenix Suns team um, last night. So just all sorts of craziness is going on in the NBA right now. You have the Los Angeles Lakers who are potentially falling out of the 10th seed for the play-in tournament, fighting for, fighting with the New Orleans Pelicans. So just all sorts of craziness happening in the NBA right now. Um, like you said, only five games left. We got a back-to-back starting tonight home against Utah tomorrow, away against the Kings, and then we got Lakers, Spurs, and Pelicans closing out the season Sunday, April 10th at New Orleans. So that's all we got for you guys today. Quickly, before we sign off, we also want to remind you all to use coupon code HOOPBALL20 at manscaped.com for 20% off your order and free shipping, and also to check out our pals at mybookie.ag. Use code HOOPBALL on the third page of sign up to unlock deposit match bonuses there as well. Once again, this has been a We Believe Golden State Warriors basketball podcast, a sports ethos presentation. Please give me a follow on Twitter at SDORLIC. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Subscribe, rate, and review the show if you haven't already. Hoping the Warriors can take care of business tonight and tomorrow in their back to back. And we'll catch you on.